Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Is it Sunday? Oh, I can tell it's not Monday or Tuesday. They have no smell because we'd be cooking corn. Oh, mm, I know it's not Thursday because smell Thursday back to Wednesday. Oh, isn't Alzheimer's hilarious? Where am I? Hello. Pretty normal intro from Richard. <laughs> I don't know if anyone noticed anything unusual. Oh, it's Bobby, my friend, my yeah. son. Hello. Well, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're, they're, my, I may as well have Alzheimer's and I shit I talk. <laughs> it's not offensive, right, guys? Because I, w- I genuinely work with people with Alzheimer's. And if you work with them, you're allowed to mock them. That's what I know. You also talk like you have it sometimes, so... Yeah, you know, I mean, it takes one to know no one, right, guys? How, <laughs> how can you diagnose it if you're not... <laughs> Forgetful and all oh, right. Hello, I'm Richard, <laughs> the soon to be fired from my job, part-time oh, podcaster. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, with me laughing is Jamie. Uh... <laughs> God, the best way to start a podcast is to question why you do it at all. <laughs> oh God, I'm defeated already. I would like to know if going forward you have replaced the word hello with just going we, it's like we, every every time we ask Jamie to say hello like a normal person it's like we've jabbed him with a barge pole just to stir him awake like what's wrong going high like oh I have to be alternative fuck you guys oh, I can barely do it in person it's like it's like waking the what's that sand fucking genie that lives under the and like what's that the sand sand sam rat or something? What? <laughs> like four four children in it or five children oh, in it. Oh what's his name? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's like a little genie thing or something. That's what I imagine. Whenever we say like hello <laughs> Jamie, it's like like we're waking you up from the sand. <laughs> and then you're It's a... like I'm I'm essentially Yoda from Empire Strikes Back before he reveals who he is. Just a fucking dickhead who's going to take so the piss. Just, yeah, just this short, annoying little prick. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of short, annoying little pricks, Anthony's... No, no, not called for. Not called for. Anthony is here, though. Um, tall as he is. He's nice, tall to medium height, Anthony. And he's lovely, and I'm sure his penis is admirable. Hello. Good. Also on the podcast, starting to forget why what we're doing. Uh, I genuinely don't have Alzheimer's. Abigail Bain. <laughs> God damn. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can't even fix this in the edit. So. <laughs> I was going to say don't. Just yeah, just, just try. We are spoiler filled film conversation. Hooray. Um, we are here to talk about a film. The film this week is star i remembered star it's an asterisk oh so, oh sorry you do, do you know what slap my wrists asterisk what a pedantic way to write your film <laughs> fuck off battery's yeah. not included it should have a capital b but instead it has a pointless antiquated piece of fucking thing <sighs> fuck off punctuation you're a dickhead battery's not included is this week's podcast here, for more clarity, where I have provided nothing, is, <laughs> is, is Abigail with the details. 
Batteries Not Included is a 1987 American comic science fiction film directed by Matthew Robbins about small extraterrestrial living spaceships that save an apartment block under threat from property development. Of course it is. It was written by Mick Garris, Brad Bird, Matthew Robbins, Brent Maddock, S.S. Wilson, and starred Hume Cronin, Jessica Tandy, Frank McRae, Elizabeth Pena, Dennis Boutikaris, Michael Carmine, John Pankow, Michael Green, Tom Aldridge, and Wendy Schall. Schall? Schall. Yeah. I immediately recognised Wendy Schall's voice. Well, yeah, um, it was very familiar. I was like, God, it's, it was, hmm. She's the wife in American Dad. Yeah, it was very. It was like it was that 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 one I was uh, contemplating. I didn't get uh, I didn't she's... get there till you just went. Oh yeah, until you said I was like, yeah. But the other person, I was like, oh that Dennis bloke Abby mentioned the the uh, architect artist bloke. He was yeah. in Better Call Saul. He's like the sensible lawyer who's baffled by all the mad characters being mm. eccentric. And I was like, it, also... it took me ages, but I was like, I, was like, I fucking know that face. He also looks like about five actors from the 80s all mashed together. Or the Bee Gees. He looks a bit like some of the Bee Gees. He does also look like... He looks kind of like Dennis Miller and also kind of like... Ah, the guy in Die Hard. The the one who's, you know, Hans, Booby, that guy. (laughs) Sure. Anthony, did you clock him straight away or did did the penny drop a bit later? Uh, a bit later, yeah. I was, I, I, I did, I did know the face. I did kind of go, "Is that the guy from Die Hard?" Yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. clicked a little, little later on, and it was like, "Oh yes, from from um, Better Soul. His um, mullet is magnificent. Like it's I, mesmerizing. Abby, when you watched it, you call it a mullet, but I actually, I'd make the defense that it was actually just medium, beautiful, medium length hair that's combed. No, it's a, it's a mullet because like tech, like. Technically, it's a mullet because it's shorter in the front and longer in the back. Very hairdressery, mm. though. Yes, not a home. Yeah, it was, a, it was. I don't know if you can have a subtle mullet. A, but, han- but, a handsome lion of a mullet. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a mullet, but it's not a like buzz cut with rat tails type of mullet. Yeah, it's not hockey hair per se. But yes, it was tremendous. I agree. We're going to be talking about that a lot. I think his hair. <laughs> <laughs> We're already talking about it. Also, the 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 character Carlos had some amazing uh, short and shirt combination pa- tropical <laughs> shirts with matching shorts combinations that were tremendous as well. I thought. Um, just me. Yeah, get your bingo cards out, everyone. His fucking moustache was tremendous, and <laughs> his hair. Oh. Abby, you picked this week's film. Batteries not included. It's a fairly well known meh. 80s uh, family movie. <laughs> why, why did you pick it? Well, I'm having a little run of films at the moment where they're really well known, but I'm not convinced anyone's actually watched them like lately. Yeah. They just know it exists and accept that. Where it's like, but have you seen it though? It's have like you? almost like forgotten nostalgia. Hmm. It's because we it's it's because we now have like. Netflix and TV on demand. We're not just kind of tied into the movie that they've just decided to play at like mm. three a.m. on Sunday. Mm. And and this is totally that film. I've seen this so many times. Just Wait, like three a.m. or three p.m. Oh, three p.m. Sorry, <laughs> three a.m. is a weird time slot for this film. 
I'd watch it and be like, did I see that? I don't know. Go on, Anthony, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, just saying that that's, that's how I've seen this film. I've seen this film so many times, just on TV on, like, a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the benefit of being a, a modern person with access to all kinds of streaming and online and stuff is if you go, there was this weird thing called Mac and Me, you could just look it up now. You just look them up, so they're all there. Well, they're still there. Don't don't ever look at Mac and me, though. Oh God! But <laughs> it's it's in that category of just oh yeah. I think like people of a certain age can remember it, or if you're like I, I think we're you know we're just we're all we would have been little babies when this was made, so we weren't watching it in the fucking cinema, but it was on TV a lot. Um, well, part of it was also I couldn't remember it, which I thought meant I had forgotten it. But in fact, pans out that nothing happens. No, it's <laughs> oddly when when you start going out oh, about <laughs> yeah, what was that? Oh yeah, those little alien things. What was that? Oh, batteries not included. Yeah, it had like flying saucer alien robots that gave birth. Yeah, that's right. Wow, that must have been well weird. No, it was boring as fuck and pedestrian as hell, <laughs> and focused a I... lot on boring old people. <laughs> Yeah. So, I think that's what this time round because I'd seen it before. I was like, God. I mean, you might like this if you're an adult, but a child would be piss bored. I mean, they might be entertained for half a scotch when they're when the robots are playing with burgers. But kids don't give a fuck about Alzheimer's and the real estate moguls and things, do they? You know. I always liked this as a kid. Oh well. But but I'm weird, so. You, were, were you were, were your favourite characters the gaggle of people who live in a tumble down apartment, or did you like the robots? I like the robots. Yeah. <laughs> Just a thought for people making commercial entities in the in the future. Maybe focus on the fucking kid friendly idea, less the fucking old people and their poor plight. Um, sorry, well, sorry, laying my cards on the table too soon. Um, like we'll. We'll get into it presumably, but there's a very Pixar feel going on. It is, it's like, it's like a dry run of what would become Pixar films um, in the future. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, yeah, it is, and it was, and then I was like, oh, actually, it is literally Wally meets up or something, isn't it? And it's Brad Bird who yeah, was the that's, he not Expendables. What are they called? Incredible. Incredible. Yes. All of his stuff is it has a similar kind of feel and style to it because he did the Iron Giant, the Incredibles, Ratatouille. Actually, I guess Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol doesn't have a a sad old people with Alzheimer's story going on or anything. (laughs) But um, uh, no, I only recently found out that Brad Bird uh, wrote this through a Simpsons podcast. Yeah. Well, it it feels like a prototype, doesn't it, for what would come later? Yeah. Um, I mean, they had a little bit of CGI, so it is. You know, it's not just uh, it's not all live action version of Pixar because it is. You know, I don't featuring. Think is this is there actual CGI in it, or is it all like mats and matter model? No, work? U- UFO UFO alien robots from outer space are real, Jamie. They just no. I mean, is it practical effects and blue screen? One of them looked animated. There was one particular section where it specifically looked animated because the it. When I say the production quality looked lower, I mean in in a very understandable way in that they were trying to animate something when it was still very very hard. 
Also, I'd say, uh, you know, it's computer-generated in as much as green screen is something you have to do through a computer. It's not just physics. They're not interacting with puppets like a Jim Henson film, are they? Or maybe once or twice they got them on. Well, fuck <laughs> off with your pedantic sigh. <laughs> this is this is got special effects in it, one way or the other, hasn't it? You know. Yes. Anyway, uh, I mean, I already kicked open the can of worms, but um, I guess we should talk a little bit about the preamble before the cool aliens turn up and piss off again quite quickly. Well, first, I want to address the fact that those construction workers put up no safety equipment whatsoever. Oh, this whole film was a health and safety nightmare. From yeah. the apartment block was was tumbled down at best, and it was an absolute health and safety nightmare. The super, who I think is one of the characters, is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm. He's spending his time putting little tiling back on the floor, and it's like there's so many fucking problems with this awful, dingy apartment. Sorted out, mate. But but on top of that, Abby, you're right. The building site was a, was a shit fucking shit maze. You didn't do your uh, complete intro asking. Everyone, if they'd seen it before, or had you seen it before, Jamie? Is that I? I mean, expectations-wise, if we've seen it, right, we must have been like. I mean, you're right. Uh, you're right. You're right, Jamie. Is it you? <laughs> I haven't asked. Yes, Jamie. Had you seen this before? Yes. What were you expecting? <laughs> uh, I. I actually. I, this is one of the few films that I saw as a kid that I really don't remember very much of. Because usually stuff that I watched as a kid sticks with me for whatever reason. Because I'm like a fucking pop culture sponge. <laughs> and my brain, won't retain, my brain won't retain anything else. Um, but yeah, for some reason, this one... I rem- I just I just remember the robots. Like, Did you forget about the Alzheimer's? How ironic! I, I also did not realize um, Elizabeth. I don't know if it's Pe- Pena or Pena uh, was in this, and I think the only other thing I've ever seen her in is Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, I can't say that she's cropped up enough in things I've seen. There's a lot of actors who's like, oh, I'm sure they had lots of work, but uh, this certainly didn't skyrocket their careers exactly, did they? Hmm. Well, a lot of them were already established or working, especially the the old, like the lead old couple who are also married in real life since Aww. like the early forties. That's cool. Has anybody actually seen Jessica Tandy Young? Presumably no. her mother. <laughs> I feel like she's only ever been an old woman to me. Well, in weird. fairness, like you know, when you get cast as old lady roles, you can't be a seventeen-year-old, can you? No, but I mean, like, this—I've never seen her in another film where she was like an earlier film, but where she was younger. I saw her in this and in Fried Green Tomatoes. Say it all, Abby. Say it all. I get fried green tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Yeah. And driving um, Miss Daisy as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. i tell you who we saw that we'd only seen in one other film. Uh, the guy who plays the super, I can't remember his name. Like, probably Henry or Freddy or something. Sharky from License to Kill. 
It, it, oh, yeah. It, I, I, yes, technically, that's not where my brain went. Literally, a couple of days before watching Batteries Not Included, me and Abby watched another 80s film for children uh, called The Wizard, which, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, story for another, that's a story for another podcast. But there's a, char- a stupid character in it. Like a, he's like some gambler in Reno that one of the protagonists knows, and like basically one of the children is able to gamble through him by bossing him about. He's like this, I guess he's just a special needs black guy who just gambles and does what children tell him to do, and is a trucker as well. Is that right, Abby? I, uh, in Wizard. Yes, yes. And he was like, oh, he's in this as well. It's like he seemed to just be in absolute pish eighties kids films. Yeah, you you could argue that. Uh, what did you What did you call the wizard? How did you describe it? I mean, an advert for Nintendo. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna. I was trying to. I was trying to equate it with License to Kill, which you could also argue is eighties pish for children. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I like it. Every, every all the all the James Bond fans hate License to Kill, and I really like it. It's fine. I like it's it. License to Kill, the one where Dolph Lundgren's a milkman. No, no. That's, that's one before. That's the Living Daylights. License to Kill is the one where it's basically an American revenge action movie, but with James Bond in it. Yeah, I mean, not to start a new podcast about a new film, but yeah, I mean, I think if people don't like it, then come on, guys, you don't you don't like all the Bonds. <laughs> they're like, they all equally shit in some way. No, I, I, it's not one of the worst, certainly, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Anyway, back on point, guys. It's about uh, there's a big problem with the building site. Like, so there's a there's demolishing of apartments going on from the get go. It there's a few fucking stupid sepia photos of ye old and New York, but it's essentially a building site that hasn't put up walls to keep people out, and they really fucking should because every cunt keeps walking through the building site. No one's wearing a hard hat. People are just working and smashing bricks and digging things, and it's like fuck's sake. Was this the 80s? Just fuck health and safety. Bugger it, you know? Like, it doesn't matter. Was anyone else annoyed like I was? Like, be, I'd become an in, my inner building surveyor who got annoyed. <laughs> I, I was just... I really like this kind of New York like architecture and atmosphere. Are you the guy from the movie? He's in love with old New York yes. and his shitty apartments. I am... Oddly enough, very similar to the pretentious mulleted architect. architect. <laughs> you make really terrible black paintings. I liked that that one was Elizabeth Pena's favourite. I mean, what what out of the one where he had like a biffy eye or something? The one with him like in the dark with dark rings around his eyes. He looks like fucking Jazz Coleman, like just standing there in the shadows. Also, like the thing that creeped me out, this guy was like your... Uh, slightly wanky, like you know, if this was set now, the villain would be the guy who wants to fucking uh, what's the what's that word when you fucking gentrify New York and keep turn all the shitty old stuff into quirky new places and not don't demolish the shitty old stuff and build new. Let's turn it into a funky new na-. like he was a sort of wanker who was in love with the d- dingy old building, and now. And in this, he was like a hero trying to preserve an old part of New York, like you love, eh, Jamie. Kind, kind of, but, but he is. Go on. They do play him as like a, 
like they embrace the fact that he's clearly kind of a dickhead. Yeah, but the, the, he's he's a bit of a knob. He's like you know, um, his girlfriend sort of leaves him because he he's not get like he's sort of he's sidetracked. And... Well, this is this is the thing. Uh, I was fine with him, and then he start like there's a pregnant woman as well, and she's part of the story, and. She, they become friends, and she likes his paintings, as you said. And then he's like, oh, "I'll paint you," and you're like, "Okay." And then you see the painting, and you go, "Oh, this guy has a sexual preg. Uh, this guy has a sexual preference for pregnant women, and it's almost borderline a fetish." What is he painting? A pregnant like there's a pregnant woman in front of you, and you've just painted her naked because reasons. With a and with he a never sloppy tip. Previous girl naked. She complained about that because she complained that he never tried to paint her naked. I mean, she wasn't pregnant, or was she? No. She 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 was meant to be this. Oh, I can't believe you. What? Well, get serious and stop being such a romantic. Like she listed off a lot of types of architecture. He could be. Wait, into. There was something she said. She's something it funny. Was... What the fuck was it? <laughs> oh, you know, it was something good. Oh wait, I got it. This is the 80s. Wait, what's his name? Mason. They kept saying, like, half the time it sounded like people calling him Nathan, and the other half the time it sounded like people calling him Mason. It was really confusing. Just uh, meet in the middle and call him Mason. <laughs> he looked like a Mason. <laughs> this is the 80s, Mason. Nobody likes reality. That's true. That's when we all started getting sick of reality and descended into video games. Uh, and- that that's that seemed like a very uh, prescient thing to be saying in the eighties, considering we're watching it now. <laughs> that no one give, no one gives a shit about reality anymore. It's as <laughs> it's as true then as it is today. No yeah. one gives a shit about reality any time after now because it is shit. Um, yeah, she's you wait till the internet comes along. <laughs> but yeah, we we establish that there. So there's let's just. We'll roll through the um, people who live in the shitty apartment block that is an absolute shit tip and needs fixing. Uh, but it's also, there's, you know, shady uh, developmental office building-y types, corporate bastards and such with limousines. It's all vague, vague 80s business villains. It's because they're not actually going to have their upcomings at the end, so they don't want to develop them, so we're not frustrated with the fact that they get to do basically what they wanted. Which was like steamroll everything and build their shitty. They're giant monolith buildings. They were so big. Like, do they even think that, like, obviously we see the model of the big black skyscrapers they want to build on this location. How, how dare they build skyscrapers in New York? What what jerks? No one does that. But, um, do they even think it was a bit the scale was insane? They, it looked like, um, Robocop architecture. Yeah, yeah, no, but they were like you know, they were they were the generic oh bloody the man capitalism business fucking <laughs> hell. The, you're right. The actual villain, the guy trying to develop the area, he, it, like his name may as well just be the man with a capital T and a capital M. Yeah, <laughs> with his shirt and tie <laughs> and his wow. limousine. What a prick! I mean, yes, people who are rich are pricks. I'm, that's fine. I, I get on board with that, but it is just like it's so <laughs> generic, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. the, like, pres- like we didn't. There was a sense that they were evil business people because they were like paying for a very small gang of of people who live in a shittier building across the road to bully the people out of the building. The not not boys. The not not boys. What do you mean? <laughs> is that the gang name? Yeah. 
Um, I think so. <laughs> it's only because Carlos, who is the leader of the the knock knock boys, just he keeps saying knock knock when he's coming in. So then I started calling them the knock knock boys. Oh, knock knock! I thought you said not not boys. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. No, no, knock knock. Uh, but they, they, so you're an evil businessman, and you're willing to like burn down or bully or extort some people out of their tenement building. But I, I don't know about how this stuff works. I mean, it's obviously awful when you're evicted or tried to be evicted. I, I don't, we don't know if these people are like renting or there's some sort well, of contract or. I think it's. I presumably they're renting, and I think it's like what he what is happening to them isn't necessarily that bad because they are being paid and are moving so like they're not being made homeless but the idea is that like this place is their like home they don't want to leave it because they're attached to it yeah they run a there's like a burger business at the bottom yeah yeah it's it's the history rather than like they're not necessarily going to be like destitute yeah i feel like you're gonna have a hard time with some of this uh rich because you would just take the money well, um, well, here's I the also, thing. One I also of the, feel like you I, I take everyone else's envelopes who said they're no, not no. going to take it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not the villain here. I, I do. I'm not. I'm being I, devil's advocate. I'm saying the evil corporation buying up the land. Well, it, they probably might have legitimately done it. It's, it's you know, it's fine. Also, just on a side note, the Richard, the guy who plays Richard in Better Call Saul, has basically flipped sides where. In the future, in his TV show, he's going to be a lawyer working for an evil corporation buying yeah. up land. And then back then, he was not a for it, was he? It's funny how actors can do different roles. <laughs> <laughs> Just realised yes. my point there. No, um, <laughs> I, I do. I in in jest, I sympathise with the evil capital people, like the evil estate, I, yeah, you I know, mean... the the company, but. Okay, so they are employing dickheads to intimidate the last people who just want to live where they live, even though it's a shithole, even though I feel like they could be suing the people who... Like, who are the landlords of this place? Do they not get to evict them? Are they the owners? It's not very clear, is it? No, that's true, actually. I don't know who they're buying... Like, it all, like it's all it's all kept very vague and yes. lowish stakes. But the the important thing is, as an audience, we're meant to feel like an American and be like, "I've lived here. I must never be told to move. If I want to live somewhere, I must never move, no matter the circumstances, no matter how difficult shit it is, no matter how out of business our restaurant is. I want to be here, so I will be here." Logic. Do you know but we're what? meant to be on board, it, uh, though, isn't it? It reminds me of. Uh, with you know Brad Bird and the Simpsons, that joke from I think it's one of the Who Shot Mr. Burns episodes hmm. um, of them of someone trying to get uh, Abe Simpson to leave the nursing home. I was born in this nursing home and I'll <laughs> die in this nursing home. Are you sure we can't get you to change your mind? Sure, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I would. I agree. The pe- the old people who were like, actually, yeah, now that we're now this game really rough here and no one else lives here, presumably. We're actually going to move. There's actually a nurse. We're at the age where we might need to be in care home. Better to do it now where we've got our faculties. His wife does not have her faculties. She should be in a nursing home. The the Bob's Burgers wife, like whoever this guy is, the guy who runs the restaurant and his wife still works works there despite having severe Alzheimer's. It should definitely should be in a care home, but it's the other couple who are fine. They leave. So, uh, um, Anthony, we haven't heard much from you. I'll give you a chance. What, what were you, where were your sympathies lying in this movie? Um, 
Well, I have to say, I have fond memories of this movie. Um, and I, I, when I was watching it this time, I, I don't know, I kind of, let, kind of let it wash over me. So I wasn't too concerned with uh, most of the weird stuff going on <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Um, but like Jamie, Jamie said, like he uh, liked like the atmosphere of of like the kind of like rundown old New York, um, and and the whole thing is it's uh, how do I put it? Um, it's not quite classic Hollywood style, but it's the kind of classic Hollywood that Steven Spielberg's thinks mm. that classic Hollywood used to be. Rose-tinted um, nostalgia for the past yeah. kind of vibe. Um, it's actually... No, no go, on. go on. Save it. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, you mentioned Steven Spielberg. That's something that is... Even if you didn't know, you can tell he was tangentially involved in this film. It just has that mm. feeling. And he, yeah. I think it was supposed to be a short for his Amazing Stories show that he was a producer of in the 80s, and he liked it so much that he had it extended into a movie. And I think that may be part of why it has that problem of being kind of vague about certain things, is it's a mm. fun, short concept stretched out to an hour and 40 whatever minutes it is. Plus, you know, E.T. is already a thing, so that's kind of <laughs> that ground. The same ground is covered by you know et really isn't well it? he produced a lot of stuff in the 80s they can't all be winners because he also produced gremlins <laughs> well well being with again let's not go to another film already uh abby do you, do you want to take us through um some of the characters we might not have mentioned that uh need sort of talking about there's not that many which is unusual but i'm i'm for it so you've got Frank and Faye, who are the old couple running the diner. Then you've got Harry, the supervisor, who is also... Uh, yes, he used to be a boxer, so he's a little bit soft in the head now. He's literally had his head caved in so that he can't think straight and is quiet, but does talk a bit. He's sort of Wait, sort of vaguely special needs, but maybe not. He only, he only talks in uh, commercial slogans. And, Which is oh, also oh, a thing he... from the Dream Team. Weird. Just like Johnny Five did as well, in a way. Then you've got Marissa, who is the pregnant Latina lady who lives on the same floor as Mason, the artist slash architecture fan. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he is an architect. He's just, yeah, he just likes architecture. Sure. Then you've got Carlos, who is the main thug who's trying to um intimidate yes he's trying to intimidate them but keeps getting undermined by Faye thinking that it's their son despite Bobby. him being completely different ethnicity and probably age in fairness like alzheimer's people they don't need to play by our rules they genuinely like they see what they want they don't know what time period they're in necessarily they're trying their best with what faculties they have the, you know. That's to a lot of different people as Bobby, which is their deceased son. Sad. I don't know how much her condition is Alzheimer's, though, because yeah. there are moments towards the end where it's more kind of repressed memories, like she's living a past 
version of herself, if you know what I mean. That, that, is, that is what remember. Alzheimer's is like, though. People yeah, live it, in the past because they don't have the current memories of what... They don't quite know what's going on, so they live, you know, 20 years ago a lot of the time. It's also... It is suggested, though, that it happened because her son... Oh, like son it could be died. trauma. She, mm. Yeah, she, like, retreated into a fantasy world and has just been stuck there because she does have, like awareness of what's actually happening at times um also just really apropos of nothing but carlos kind of looks like a weird combination of rami malik and mike Patton. <laughs> i just I would... i'm thinking i really want you to be raul julia's son i was gonna say yeah, yeah. 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 Like raul julia my God, <laughs> you're right. Right on the money there, definitely. I kind of want want to retroactively have him cast as Raul Julia's son in something now, or in prison with him. Maybe why not? Do it everyone. It's as if a young Raul Julia was also the lead singer of Faith No More. <laughs> We're not living in your fan fiction, Jamie. Anyway, uh, yeah. Bobby, <laughs> it was weird. This guy Carlos is like a dick. It's got this weird multicultural gang of reprobate it's youths. Lovely little multicultural gang. It was so cute. Yeah, but what they do a bit of intimidating, and well, they try and buy off and also intimidate the people who live in the apartment still, and then basically because Carlos turns up one day and some aliens fucking hit him with a pot and, and baffle him. His friends all laugh at him and make fun of his silly story about how he saw a spaceship alien thing and it hit him with a pot and they all just make fun of him and, and fuck off the rest of the film. Like, his gang basically ditches him so that he's the solo effort yeah. to evict he, um, the people. He is... He, like... I mean, I don't... No one really gives, like, a bad performance in this. They all kind of do what they can with yeah. what they have. Um, but he does kind of stand out a little bit. He's the MVP of this um, film, I think. Yeah. Like, he, he, he also has a proper story arc where he goes from, like, sleazy dickhead mm. to vaguely sympathetic, then, no, I'm doubling down, I want to be a fucking successful villain, and then kind of forgiving and trying to rescue an old lady. So it's like a wow. proper, you know, storyline to go, he, uh, arc to have. The actor died, like, two years after being in this. Oh. Yeah. It's a shame. Yep. Yep. <laughs> He's with Raul Julia now. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, the film is sad enough. We don't need to talk about real life, guys. Come on. The film is like... Star- it starts with a, conf- a, a bulldozing an estate, a bunch of run-down businesses... Uh, well, a run-down uh, diner... And a bunch of sad people being exploited yeah. and bullied. At the very start, I thought it was going to have the same beginning as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, wow, that'd been great. <laughs> I would have took a, so like a whole tenement building of people going on an adventure around the universe, Abby? Or? Well, no, because at the beginning, he wakes up because there's a bulldozer outside his house. And he goes outside and lies down in front of it to stop it from bulldozing his house, and then somehow convinces the foreman to lie down there instead so he can leave. And much like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, aliens come, and the Earth is destroyed, <laughs> and or tenement building, but then, oh no, actually, that's that's where it departs from Hitchhiker's. Hitchhiker's is like a world of madness and adventure. This one's like, I don't know, some aliens fixed it. It's fine. They do, yeah, it's... I. I kind of like how 
matter of fact it is about not bothering to explain where they came from. They just happen to turn up and there you go, they're here. And they had some mates for that full alien invasion later on. Yes. I'm surprised there wasn't a point where the... Because like, the gang smash up the diner and try to intimidate them and everyone goes to bed all sad and huffy and they're trying to think if they should take the money or not. And a few people do, but basically the, the main cast stay. Mainly out of a sense of that we're too thick to move on with our lives. Um, or old, or whatever. Um, so, and then it's like, I would have, should you have put in a bit where the old man, you know, like the old guy basically smashes a glass and goes, and, you know, goes to bed annoyed. But he should have had a little prayer and a, and a wish on a star. And he then, does. The, does he actually wish on a star or something? He doesn't wish on a star, but he, like, sort of asks the universe to help. Like and they he did. Somebody. They provided a miracle in the form of a bin lid, a two cakes, a bin lid, and a bowl that came yeah. down from outer space and had little eyes and flashed. With basically, some aliens came that looked like UFOs and robots, and they came to like be fuck toasters, get pregnant, <laughs> and absorb energy from the plug sockets that they're I not paying was... for. So I, yeah, that's a good point. I was, um, I was, because you know, my my memories of this film are basically, um, uh, it it was a very small scale version of the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Is kind of how I remembered it from childhood, and I definitely did not remember that there's a that there's a scene of implied robot sex. <laughs> And everyone just kind of hangs around and watches. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're writing sci-fi and you're like, okay, they're aliens, they're sort of robots, they're t- full of tiny little inexplicable machinery and stuff. Okay, we're not... It's alien. They can do whatever they want. They can do whatever yeah. they want. You can explain it however you wish. But you go, but how about the aliens... Like, fuck a toaster, get pregnant. I don't know if the toaster's a surrogate, but essentially, robots... UFOs bang and give birth to children robots? How is that the thing you write as a concept? It does... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. When I was watching it this time round, I I can't rationalise this. I can rationalise anything and I cannot rationalise this. I can accept that they're floating robots, but I can't can't accept they give birth. That's weird. What makes it even weirder is uh, uh, that there's a point where... Mason looks inside one of them and it looks like they're populated by like tiny tiny aliens like which in makes uh, like in what's it called sex even weirder because if... like what happens on the ship whenever your ship's fucking the other ship they also is it, like, harrowing. is it like star trek where it like the set wobbles and everyone uh... kind of flops back and forth oh. and what did it mean when the tiny ship was stillborn I know, it's so, I mean, so many questions. It put me in mind of Fraggle Rock, with those like little work team that live in the... What's that? I can't remember the concept now. Like, there's a tiny group of puppets that all work hard in yeah. under something or in something. That's what it was like, but I, I don't know. Sorry. It's, I think the the idea is that the, the aliens, them, the, the ships themselves... Because at one point one of them adds itself adds a hand to itself. They cannibalize. They cannibal yeah. cannibalize a coffee machine and other scrap from the it, roof, don't they? And it looks like the like the babies are um, uh, made of bits of stuff that they've picked up. 
Like one of them looks like uh, the sort of thing, like a like a half an onion, and then another one looks like the sort of yeah. like a, a buzzer you'd press in a hotel. I don't know. What, what else do the yeah, aliens, look, aliens and the, look like? The one that is uh, fucking stillborn, um, which is a bit much. Yeah, uh, has like you can see like the words and and stuff from like labels on it. So they've like, so I guess how they reproduce is they do that and then the male funnels that through himself into the female I suppose I get he was like cutting up a Pepsi can and feeding it to her oh Pepsi were yeah, all but... over this there was a huge billboard oh, yeah. up there was loads of Pepsi can like people were having breakfast and they had Pepsi it was like what the fuck is what is this sort of but yeah obviously product placement needs to pay for these things it is the 80s I, don't know. I, I used to do that as, a, as an unhealthy teenager I used to have a Pepsi when I would wake up Lovely. Anthony, well, you you're um you're letting this wash over you. Uh how did how did you feel about uh, the reappearance of the aliens for you this time round? Uh I was actually surprised with this one because usually in like a film like this where they like add a fantastical element at some point, it's usually like a bit foreshadowed or they kind of like gently um ease you into the fact. But mm. I was quite surprised where they just sort of just turned up. Yeah, and, there was uh, no preamble whatsoever. You got to know that there were some old people in a building and then aliens. Th- there, was yeah. some, there were spaceships flying around with an old lady's underwear or something. Like, oh, her nightie, yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're accepting this. And then actually all the people, you know, they have the kind of uh, miracle birth on the roof business where all of the people like the woman with alzheimer's or whatever trauma she has she she sees the aliens and follows them and discovers that they're hiding up on the roofs eating scrap or something and she's the one and obviously the scene's obviously going to play out oh the woman with mental illness is obviously not to be trusted oh and then everyone basically goes oh shit there are alien ufo robots and accept it and get them to work for them quite quickly yeah because i I thought it was going to be a kind of, you know, a slow reveal where everyone thinks she's gone more mental, but all this weird stuff's happening, and then eventually they're like, "Oh shit, it's it!" But no, like right away, um, they all they all brief they all brief sorry they all briefly think she's fixed everything. It like all the broken things have been mended because that's what the alien the aliens are like. Oh, we nick stuff, but we also fix things. And then it's like, did the old woman just stay up all night fixing everything, or is you fixing know... and stealing? Yeah, stealing kettles, fixing doors, and then oh, she's feeding bolts to some birds on the roof, and uh, oh no, it turns out aliens, and they all they all accept it. Sorry, mm. like um, yeah, like that's how I'd imagine it would play out. Like um, maybe like the woman sees something we don't, we as an audience don't see it at first, and then they kind of play it like you know. Oh, this is just in her head, but things weird are still happening. She gets blamed, and then later on, it's kind of revealed um, that it's these aliens or something, whilst giving us little hints along the way. Yeah, um, I, I feel like it. This might come back to that um, the origin of it as a short story being turned into a full one, whereas it's like it's almost as if they couldn't quite decide what direction to take it in the whole time they were doing it. Mm. 
so it never it never fully goes in a particular direction yeah i feel like uh they get they get through all the obvious things quick so okay we oh this is weird crazy i don't believe it what are they what and then they're like there's the whole is he going to look for the label saying made in the usa it must be explicable some way and then they like the the characters are sort of slapped away, and the fucking old man who runs the diner is like, "Don't question a miracle. If you don't question it, it'll fall apart." This is obviously God who sent us these fucking UFOs. Um, but like, the, they go through the kind of, "Oh, can we tamper it? Can we? Should we tell the authorities?" And everything's quickly dismissed as, "Look, if we fucking blab to this, or th- these these cool robot aliens will go away if we like, we don't let the rest of the world in on the secret." So they kind of just go, well, is it better to just have them to ourselves than study them or tell scientists or the government or, like, prove it and make loads of money? Like, there's there's a little bit of that, like, oh, is this going to benefit us financially in some way? The best thing to do is to just put them to work. Yeah, just flipping burgers. It's, it's, <laughs> like, just think like SpongeBob SquarePants and put them to work. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like Mister Mister Krabs is like running the diner now, and he's like, I can think of one thing to make money, and it's burgers. And I must make the builders who are outside come in and shirk their jobs, and eat burgers that robots have built. And we get the only bit that's really memorable is UFO burger shenanigans. <laughs> Anyone else enjoy the hilarity that children children at this point are going to be loving? Oh, the aliens on the grill, and he's got cheese in his head, and oh, one of them one of the, one of them is a burger, and they prepared a burger wrong. We all laughing, stitching. Were, were you laughing stitches into your sides, guys? Was I laughing stitches into my sides? I have uh, mental illness. I we've already <laughs> Were you abused this time, Radabi? Um, I, uh, being an intellectual, um, I just well, asked my mind. I like you slurred that. Being an, <laughs> being an intellectual. Being an intellectual and, and gin drinker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, that's not my kind of humour, but I could see how some people would like it. I could see how the commercial yeah. sheep yeah. would enjoy it. You have charm. What do you guys make of the effects? They weren't that bad, right? Like the green screen wasn't bad, the models were. It was like, like it's not. Kids, kids today would think it was shit, but I, as an adult, I was like, it's not bad, is it? Even the I time, mean, not, yeah. Yeah, I also have a like a soft spot, a nostalgia for like old eighties like matte mat lines and model work and stuff. So I, I can't objectively say whether it's actually bad or not, because even if it was full on bad, I would probably still like it, just because I think that. Like vintage special effects stuff looks really nice. Yeah, they never. Some, Sorry, go on. Some of some of the background paintings on the roof were a bit obvious. I I yeah. loved how fake the roof set looked. And the, di- like the diner the definitely roof. didn't feel like it was real. It felt very much like we're filming this in a studio. The um the roof set just it it was like an episode of the PJs. <laughs> that they reclaimed. What are you on about? Yeah, it it almost looked like a little like model version of a New York uh, tenement building. Yeah, it was very quaint. At times, it almost felt like, well, this is basically a play we're watching now, guys. Like, what are we talking? <laughs> what are we talking it, about? It almost has that. Look, like, it's in one building and with this small cast of people. If you'd 
had at least one shot where you took a side off the building so you could see everyone at the same time, it could be a Wes Anderson film. (laughs) What I liked as well is that you don't see it much anymore, where people look at people in other buildings through binoculars on their building. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What are they doing on the roof with those robots? Robot, you dickhead. Don't be a prig. (laughs) Hey, those robots are fucking... Those robots are fucking. <laughs> oh, now we're gonna make some robo porn. That's how we break it into the mainstream. <laughs> Get a camcorder, everyone. Oh, the, Jesus. Do you think if you searched on like Pornhub for drone porn, Jamie, what do you think? Do you think there's a category of porn that hasn't got something going for it? You live there a naive, many, sheltered life. But it'll be there. Yeah. I, I reckon his battery's not included, Pod. Like, just fucking... Oh, it's oh. a pregnant woman, and there's a painter, and some robots. Oh, shit. <laughs> They're all fucking... <laughs> oh, God, all the ingredients are there. Here comes the old people <laughs> and the black guy. Oh, no. <laughs> fucking hell. If you don't want to be evicted, you better suck my dick in the slam van. <laughs> Get into my limo. You just glitched Jamie into outer space. Oh, we've all watched porn and it's a disgusting, oh sad thing. Oh my god. It even, battery not included would even not have to be changed as the title. That's, that's literally the porn, that's a porn film about vibrators straight away, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god. Sen- yeah, you know what? Nah, yeah, never mind. Let's not rewrite <laughs> some porn fiction here, guys. Um, Why have I got the return of Carlos screaming? in my notes around this point. There's, there was two... Electrocute. There's two very funny electrocutions in this. Oh, yes, that was it. First, the... First, the artist, uh, Mason, gets electrocuted and his fabulous mane of hair becomes yep. a full afro, more or less. And then, Carlos, a little bit later again, he also gets electrocuted. has a much smaller semi-afro and then just screams in terror and runs away. Which you would. You would. I mean, I screamed and ran away in terror at the horrible clothes he wore, but sure, I mean, being electrocuted <laughs> as well. I mean, like, the, oh, just the tracky suits as well. Um, I What I liked about Carlos is he was a kind of plucky... Deter- he was like, I'm not just a prick in a gang who wants to make a quick buck. I'm going to fucking make it in the business of extortion and real estate. And he was, like, talking to the yeah. the people in offices, and they basically, like... Look, mate, we're going to do what we should have done straight away, which is get in professionals to burn this building down. Um, we don't need some twat lackey. You're, you're not, you don't need it. And he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to evict these people and prove my worth to the businessman. He's almost like a Daffy Duck type of character. Yeah, and it's it's always so sweet when he basic basically any time he's going to be intimidating, it's diffused by the woman with Alzheimer's keeping. Talk, calling him Bobby and trying to give him soup and nice advice and say how much her fa- his father loves him. And he's like, I don't have a father. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Eat your soup, Bobby. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's a, yeah. It's kind of sweet, isn't it? It's kind of like, oh, Alzheimer's is saving the day. And then it's, oh, the bit later where he has, he's trying to save her from the burning building. And he has to play along to convince her to go outside. And then he's like, yeah, we're going to go outside. And, you know, Papi's going to be out there and it's just going to be great. We're going to have such a good time. You're not Bobby! Yeah. <laughs> it, he hates one of, one of the things that's weird about the film is that it, it, 
it's the it's the classic spoiler filled pick of the like it's it's atonal like the tone isn't quite where it should be at certain parts so you know you have the very kind of cartoony fun of the robots but also the robot has a miscarriage i know <laughs> and like jesus um and but it doesn't end this... there in fairness no it and you know the the um, i can't remember his name frank the super mm. the Xboxer uh, does manage to like, the Xboxer, he's not a gamer. One. Oh, sorry, Harry, not Frank. Um, yeah, he, and like I don't know where Frank came from. Isn't that the that's the main guy? Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, then at the, yeah, you'll have you'll have the fun stuff that like works for kids. Like I watched this with a two-year-old in the room, and she was mesmerized by the like robot parts. But then you'll have really dark stuff between the husband and wife. Like, there are little moments where they fight and he loses his temper. Yeah. Where it's just, it's fucking, it's just bleak. It's really, it's written by people who have either had people in their lives with, uh, where they've had, like, parents or, or family members who have genuinely gone through, like, dementia. And so the scenes where it's like, yes, when ha- it's, like, really harrowing, where some of them yeah. are moving out and the, the woman who doesn't know where she is quite thinks she's going on holiday and she's sort of skipping around and picking up pineapples and happy. And, and then it's just like her partner's just like, oh, this is sad. She doesn't know what's... She, don't, she doesn't know how bleak her life. Ignorance is bliss, but also... Oh, and then I mean, and then, but then it observes that that scene with Carlos is li- is literally heartbreaking because the one way you do get you can't convince people who have memory problems that the situation is different. So the best way yeah. is to play along. And the minute you play along, they're like, "Hang on." When yeah. I was calling the shots, it made sense, but now you're <laughs> trying to pretend. Fucking hold on a minute, <laughs> and it's heartbreaking because they're gonna die in a fire that could have been easily prevented if Carlos himself and the other prick hadn't been tampering and. Putting balloons with the, stuff in, and I did nameless not. Goon. The the douchey, like pencil neck geek guy who's setting up a very elaborate arson thing that can't be traced with his carton of something and balloons. Anyone? I've entirely off my own bat decided that that is a moonlighting science teacher. Do you know what <laughs> I liked I liked the way that when he got the when young he, audience I liked to the way make that explosives out of dairy products. <laughs> I, I did enjoy the fact that when Carlos beats him up because he's sort of, what are you doing? I'm supposed to be burning this place down. And Carlos starts beating him up. And he's like, oh, my leg, I can't go in and rescue the old lady now. Yeah. And then as soon as Carlos is like, oh, fuck you then, I'll go in. Where is the? Where am I supposed to stop the, the ticking time bomb or whatever? And then the guy just fucks off in a car, never to be caught, yeah. never to be <laughs> reprimanded or arrested. He just got away with it. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed how much of a just nobody that character is. He's just a nameless goon. Yeah, sleazy prick. Hired goons. <laughs> Sorry, the Brad Bird thing has got me like full of Simpsons. Yeah, oh, let, let's rewind a little bit because there is that we so the miscarriage robot thing. So the 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 parent robot, I guess. Who even knows? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're brother and sister. We don't know how robot culture works. Um, but the two robots who shat out some children. One of them is, like, not working because batteries are not included, guys. <laughs> um, but the two, So two of them prick around and walk for some reason, even though the others hover, whatever. Um, and the little shitty undersized one doesn't work. 
And initially, they like just the the people in the apartment are trying to bury him, and they're like, "We should, we should like do an autopsy on it," or like was, again, then, like what? The moments of of real sadness in the film, which where, where uh, uh, what's what's her name? What's uh, Jessica Tandy's character's Faye. name? Faye is like properly burying it whenever especially when you consider that like her son died yeah. at 18 years old in a car crash like i don't know if this is okay <laughs> to, too to much hold up hold also, up on the bleakness you know when it... technically even though they're like little robot drones there is a scene where you graphically see it give birth you yeah. see a, a an area open up and a baby drone come out. Yeah, but when you when you empty the car full of luggage, do you think, oh, my car's given birth? No, you just go an animate shite. Don't worry about it. I think it I, depends I on preferences. My issue with this whole thing is that somehow an ex-professional boxer who is half out of his mind with concussions managed to fix some of the most advanced technology you've ever seen. Yeah. Luckily, to be fair, he doesn't really. He kind of like accidentally throws it in the sink full of, like, chemicals <laughs> yeah. that magically yeah. fixes him. Anthony's right. He basically, what women wants the robot into coming alive. <laughs> he drops it and electrocutes it and, it's, and it gets a power. Oh, but, like, I thought you meant he put tights on and screamed uh, anti-Semitic slurs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that being in the film, either one. But like, yeah, you're like basically all the other people are like, oh, I don't know, we should tamper with this or see how it works. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know what the rules are with robots and aliens, but whatever. And they all fuck off, and then the super's like, I'll just dig this up, apropos, and tank. Yeah, he he confidently tinkers and then accidentally uh, Frankenstein's it to life. But then, curiously, they have one scene where the robot is like alive and cute and little, and it's in a dirty slipper, and then the the guy's like. Playing a dog whistle, and apparently that's enough to train all the aliens to understand dog whistles or something. That's all no, they do. No, no, no. Later, when he does the dog whistle, that one understands the command, and then it tells the others to follow him. But how does he know that? From like the, uh, a large black man is there at your birth. You come to life. There's a large. <laughs> there's a large alien in front of you playing a whistle the dogs <laughs> can hear. Giant alien. <laughs> yeah. And then you, as an alien, understand that as a, like a come here to make burgers or fix things sign. Look, if you question was... a miracle... If I question a miracle, <laughs> so it fucking fall apart. Uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> I was just thinking, like, uh, what a terrible kind of way to come, come to life and be born to, like, have to crawl through lots of like dingy pipes and then emerge out of a toilet. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Like a reverse then train spotting. Do kind not of how everyone's born by origins. Uh, clearly, Anthony, <laughs> you are not the child of a black man. <laughs> well, it's... we're all Welsh. We were all born out of a toilet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way well... to talk about our mothers. <laughs> I definitely identified with the the. The, the little runt robots sleepy eye energy though yes. that expression on him is just like yeah it's all the it's all the looks we had watching this film <laughs> um, <laughs> could barely be bothered um, what did it, Abby you noticed about like two thirds in maybe a bit more that oh there's a dog in the apartments <laughs> like they, someone owns a dog at some point I think it just lives in an apartment by itself 
It's one of the tenants that won't leave because it's yeah. stubborn. Is that you right, Abby? Or? He attaches himself to Harry, but he... I'm not sure. Like, well, he I has the dog, the dog whistle. whistle. Yeah, I think the dog only turns up towards the end whenever he's. Oh, so it's around. just. It just yeah, turns just up because that's the point the of a dog, dog whistle. That could make yeah. sense. And then he just, and then he just has a dog because like Har- Harry comes across as a as a very like likable figure, <laughs> like he just seems like he draws animals and and like probably children to you know, him. He just he just smells like, this of friendly giant. He smells of hot mints. That's why dogs come. It's not the whistle. <laughs> like it's weird that he's like I always take it with you. And it's like what do you mean a dog whistle? What use is that? Like. <laughs> Like, like a no, rape alarm, never maybe. Home without it. It's oh, the never American leave. Express. Yeah, never like leave I said, home. In without yeah. your dog. Ah. Every little helps. Oh, that's not American. <laughs> There's more to come. Oh, uh, what supermarket was that? Sainsbury's? I don't I know. Don't know. Not <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, 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 have, we do establish that the little third baby robot is re- resurrected and there's a kind of stupid teary bit where they if you love something and you've done it over oh that's right carlos axes the dad robot i think it's the dad robot um and smashes it uh yeah. and then the, the robots uh, they do fix him they they sort of feed him some christmas lights or what is it that's for the birth no, isn't the it the wife robot fixes him yeah and they sort of keep a that keep her sustained while she's doing that. Yeah. Do, do what's weird is before that, they, they when they've like, okay, the robots have saved the restaurant by cooking with them. Like we've lost two employees, so robots have replaced them. <laughs> um, so the business is doing all right. And then there's a scene where one of the robots is lighting the cigar of the old man, and you're like, are these guys going to exploit the robots till they leave? Yeah, they're, 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 they're a little bit like unpaid labor <laughs> slave ali- aliens have come from another planet <clears throat> mexico and are working for nothing at all it's an allegory um but the real villains are evil gangbang carlos and his anyway like um i just i just want to get back on what we're supposed to be talking about the film um so like the axe thing happens right and they does anyone they must help bending the thing. I mean, I remember there being a bit where they fly around in a bread bin and everyone's like, oh, that's fine. But when, that's what earlier. did they, that's that's But like, when, <laughs> what did they do to fix the robot? Was it, did they help or did they just fix themselves and fuck off? I think they just, they no. the electricity. Or was that earlier? That was during, during, the, birth. The, that was during the birth. Anthony? Okay. Uh, at that point, like the baby robots have been scared off. Um, so everyone apart from Faye, who's who's still in the house, goes uh, out looking for them. Yeah, that's right. And then they go to like Times Square and play a dog whistle as if that's gonna help it anyway. Through or they where do they nick so the the guy nicks a fucking speakerphone from a van or something? Some some construction workers. No, actually they're dealing with the 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 sewers. And they mistake the sound of a generator for the sound of the robots. Then he nicks a megaphone, megaphone. from the. Yeah. I, I I'm actually like so. If you play a dog whistle into a megaphone, does that actually bring all the dogs? Or does, I mean, does, it, does that work? I mean, it brought aliens in this case, but you know. It won't necessarily bring them, but they will all hear it and be like, "What the fuck is that noise?" Knock it off, mate. That's so loud. Also, you smell off. 
and amazing. Um, okay, so they get they they success. Oh, just, the aliens basically piss off so that all the people who live in the tenement building. They've been betrayed by man, and they leave. And everyone's like, oh, bummer, let's make it about the tenants again. They were really excited. Um, so it's all like, oh, you hate my paintings, I love you, your boyfriend's back. There's a lot of fucking bullshitting around with the ten- with the tenants of this place, where it's like, oh, poor... The the guy who has the pregnant fetish, uh, realize, like, the boyfriend of her of the pregnant woman turns up, and it's like a whole band of people, and he's like, mm, I must go outside and get drunk alone. So there's all kinds of little human stories while the robots are away, isn't it? Like, uh, Mason gets that. This is a very short little speech, but I like when he comes back in drunk and he's <laughs> seen that the baby aliens have learned to fly and he's like, well, you know what happens when yeah. they learn to fly? They leave the nest. Yeah. And then he calls like a bird. Oh, yeah. The squawk. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, this delivery is so weird. And I, has he has that actor just never been drunk? <laughs> well, they they have that like Popeye esque comedy fight with Car- Carlos. Basically, does loads of stomach punches to the super, and he's yeah. got his golden gloves on, and he basically laughs off the fat men getting punched in the stomach. That doesn't hurt them, <laughs> like. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then he basically like throws him out, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's a bit harsh." Like, come on, but he was only trying to kill us and the aliens and uh, anyway. But like they, th- they, you know. I wanted my comedy ding ding and I didn't get it. Ding ding, r- round two, fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a sadly unsatisfying moment where I, I did like that he put the gloves on. Um, yeah, but, but it explained yeah, as to why he had brain injuries. Yeah, oh, he's a boxer. It just doesn't. He needed to hit him properly. It, it, Carlos deserved it for being a little bitch, I think, at this point. He does come round a little, not fully. He never really fully redeems himself, Carlos, because he does bring flowers and then gets frustrated because he's upset the woman with Alzheimer's so much. But you know, there's no upcomings at the end of this film for him, or he doesn't really come round. He, he, like, he briefly tries to pretend, oh, look, I am your son. It's fine, we'll mm. go along with the charade if it makes you feel I'm sorry, but... He was still taking an axe to their sort of uh, gas and electric and stuff. He did save a life, though. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Man he up. did. But he's also part of. The, well, I guess he's not. He the saved the guy. Was he uh, saved his? I was going to say he's part of why she was in danger, but the yeah, other exactly. Guy was but he still was doing it. I'm going to get you killed, but I'll rescue you. He didn't. He was like, oh, I didn't. I thought the place was empty. Yada yada. All right, Carlos, chill out, bud. You fucking, you still owe these people. But, like, it all it all comes to, like, what was the thing that, um, what was the straw that broke the apartment's back? What do you mean? The guy exploded it. What? So, the the rescue happens, the place does blow up as planned by the, uh, the professional mm-hmm. arsonist. Carlos successfully kidnaps us, saves her, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, take the old woman to hospital." This, this, a lot of this film is very harrowing. I don't remember any. <laughs> the, the burger thing is the only bit of light, isn't it? Like a bit of toaster rape and a bit of burger flipping, and that's it for fun. It's, yeah, I mean, this is what I mean when I say like um, it feels very Pixar, and I mean Brad Bradbury isn't the only person who directs Pixar films. He's only done like a, a few of them. Um, 
but it, it's it's very much that sort of kind like a kids it's the the surface level kids movie but with a lot going on underneath but the problem here is it doesn't have the like craft that you know eventually pixar films would have or other brad bird films like uh, the iron giant is a is a good example of like yeah it's a kids film but it, there's a lot of like genuine stuff underneath like there's a lot of heavy stuff underneath it's more in the spirit of don bluth I would say, yeah, him and yeah. his very like adult undertones. It's fucking melancholy o'clock all the time. Also, kind of doesn't quite pitch it right in much the same way Don Bluth often That's true, got too. it a little bit wrong with that stuff. Yeah, Anthony, you saying you loved it and watched it many times as a kid? Uh, did, did you have a sad soul, or did you just I don't care? Anything washes over me, whatever. I think so these days because of that. The things I used to watch when I was a kid, like, you know, growing up with, like, Don Bluth stuff and this and, like, The Last Unicorn and stuff like that. Um, you just sit there going, well, eventually, I'll, you know, you don't think about it when you're a kid. You just watch it, don't you? Mm. Yeah. No, or, like, or don't quite understand, maybe, the things you're feeling at How that point. You, as an adult, though, were you, like, were you, did you have any different perspective watching it now or was it just I've seen it enough times to not? You know, know where I'm... Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, f- I find it hard to kind of, like, criticise the film because I've seen it so many times. It's so ingrained, like, you know, in in my head. Like, watching it this time, there was, like, I, I remember everything about this film. And I don't know, it just... It had that kind of atmosphere all the way through where you just accept the world that they're in, if you know what I mean? I, I have this. I have the same thing with stuff like uh, Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, where you go, if I say what happens in this film, it's the stupidest, mm-hmm. like, doesn't make any sense, none of the characters have a real... Like, there's not a sense that any of this makes... There's no point to any of the story. Like, it's all random and fun bits. and Like, those are really fun, out-there musical family movies that are really high quality. But, like... Fucking, what's this bit in Chitty Bang Bang where he's got a haircut machine? Wait, the senile dad is the the, yeah. the senile dad is in his shed and he's travelling the world and drowning. There's loads of people who wear purple and there's no children. Like, what the fuck? What in fuck's name is this on about? But as a, I can't be cynical, really, because I fucking love every second because it's so familiar to me. Uh, the same with Don't Mary Poppins. Me. What the fuck? Are, there's like guys on a ceiling who think they're on a ship. Sorry, there's guys on a rooftop who think they're on a ship and they fire fireworks out of a cannon and Dick Van Dyke's got some old bamboo and he's singing and it's like, what is happening in these films? But you don't question it. Like, I, it's the same here, I think. I don't, I don't remember if I've said this like on podcast before or off, but I fucking hate Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> I just, I despise it. It makes me furious. I love it so much. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, it's so good. You're you're wretched. mental. It's absolutely fucking wretched. Uh, it's 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 a fantastic and b baffling. I'll say, you're allowed you're allowed to hate it, but you're wrong to hate it. God, just thinking about it now, I'm fucking gritting my teeth so hard I'm gonna break them. Toot <laughs> sweet, toot sweet, the sweet. Another film where someone plays a whistle and it dogs come. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, oh, Ab- 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 <laughs> calm down. Sorry, Abby. <laughs> yes. What else have you got in your notes that you you touched on that was interesting about this film? Absolutely nothing. 
<laughs> okay, bad haircuts and bad shirts it. aside. Because this film is paper thin. I don't know that it's that big a problem that it isn't that much about the aliens, but it, it I would have... I was like, I can't believe they didn't think of more things to do with them. Like, giving birth is such a weird thing to have alien well, UFOs do. Yeah. So I, I don't know, like, E.T. got up to some shit, didn't he? Like, yeah, but do that, you know what I mean? E.T. also had a much bigger budget. I, but I don't even like E.T. I don't even know why I'm using... I, don't, I think it's a kind of... I, I still have that guttural childlike response to E.T., which is not awe and love and E.T. phone home and let's fly to the fucking moon. I'm like, no, kick that ugly thing away from me. <laughs> ah, run screaming to the hills. My wife is also one of those people who is she's deeply uncomfortable about E.T. as a as a physical being. Yeah, I'm not saying... I, I, I get it, you're meant to accept people for how they look. But let other people deal with the freaky alien. I'm going to stand back here and be a bit creeped out and try not to, you know, vomit in my hands. Anyway, I'm cynical and awful, even as a child. Back to this film. You didn't have anything else in your notes, Abby. Um, How does this film wrap up, then? The aliens come back en masse and fix the house. But there is a really awkward moment where they come back en masse and you're like, are they going to kill us now? <laughs> is it is it is it Mars attacks all over again? <laughs> yeah, because like they did have that kind of moment when they were leaving yeah. uh, earlier on, where they were kind of getting a bit aggressive because they weren't giving because Harry wasn't giving the the third child back. Yeah, how how amazing would it have been? If they had just laser beamed all the people into skeleton <laughs> dust and just, I don't know, then resurrected the house and made new robot humans or something. <laughs> just flipping, but old, old robots flipping burgers. And then, like, I don't know. Or if they, they worked for the evil corporation building a massive office. Yeah. Actually, that's, um, like, about how the film wraps up. That last shot of. The building, because the, the, the building burns down, explodes, whatever. She's she's saved by Carlos. The aliens come back and rebuild it, and everyone's amazed. The uh, the developer and hit, like fires his lackey because he didn't get the shit done. It's what's and quite, says his what's plans quite, are going ahead anyway. But what's quite, before you before you carry on with that, like the the. The whole lackey, the explanation being that someone lied. So the place burnt down. I mean, the the fire department was there. You could check that they did come and put it out. And like, there's no, there's no follow up and investigation. It's like Doctor Strange's special building has appeared in New York, <laughs> and it's like, what? How the? Like, no one's worried how to explain this because the corporation's like, ah, oh, whatever. So they built yeah. their building overnight again. I give up. Like, why does no one care? There's a huge conspiracy. Better than fucking any. Like, you know. Like, I think I mean, it's because it isn't anyone's job to care. Like the that's New York. The fire department. It ain't my. Job. It ain't my job to care, lady. <laughs> hey, yo, hey, hey. Sorry, Abby. But like the fire department did their job. They came. The building was burning down. They rescued the people. They they went home. It's not then their job to come back and go. Oh, the building's back. I'll sort this out. <laughs> Their part's done. They're not called the building brigade, are they? <laughs> like, don't call us. We'll call you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like you, you were building to the fact that uh, 
they had to go ahead and build the giant monolith office building so, around the tiny little uh, old-fashioned apartment. On yeah. the surface, that appears to be a happy ending, but then it's like, well, no, the area is now fully gentrified. I imagine they all had to move out anyway because the <laughs> rent became astronomically rent, yeah. high. <laughs> like, plus, plus, that place is now just full of like bankers who love the novelty of having that building there. Also, I'm thinking, based on the size of those buildings, that's a better target for 9-11, so that's kind of ground zero now, if this was real, you know? Like, <laughs> it was, they were huge. They were, sorry, I, the tone, it just, I, I just, I'm sorry, that is tasteless, but it was such a, it was such a stupid ending. Like, they, they kind of set up the fact that, oh, it everyone's all... going to move in happily, but everyone's just come back from hospital, discovered the house is built perfectly better than before, and, I, you know, like, then it just ends, and you're like, what? what yeah, did I the can't... pregnant woman cop off with the artist? Is the I... old woman alright? <laughs> I can't, like, I, it just, because of I, I am the way I am, and I'm as cynical as I am, I cannot accept that they're still in that building at the end. Like, do the other old people saying, come back from New Jersey and they're like old people sort of? Well, I'm surprised that uh, Faye was allowed out of the hospital because they clearly would have realised that she yes. has advanced Alzheimer's. Yes. Yeah. So who's this? Uh, it's not good, is it? Unless they own the property and its value's gone slightly up. Plus, they're towered by these. They're in the shadow of these things. It's it really not a, a great place to live. Place to live. Yeah. They'll, they'll just get loads of really wanky suicidal office workers coming in and buying burgers and complaining. <laughs> You're right, though. It's just going to be bought by Starbucks in a few months' time and replaced, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Corporations didn't go away. One floor will be a gym. Oh, oh, God. One floor will be, like, uh, an art gallery, but for, like, really shitty mass-produced uh, art that's specifically just for sale... Those two, then, wi- yeah. those two women from Broad City will move in and everyone will be going, <laughs> yeah. yes, queen! <laughs> the, the other four floors will just be Starbucks. It'll be... Yeah, there's no... There's not, it's only a very temporary happy ending. Because, I mean, after, like, five years, all the older people are going to be either dead or in the care home anyway. Like, you know, let's be real. There's no happy ending, really. It's just... So, a, so a building got fixed. And then the aliens fuck off without even a hello, goodbye... They don't wave like a happy little. I've got still got your coffee pot for a hand wave. It's literally no. We don't have time for you. Yeah, it's it, and especially because of how unafraid to address some really dark ideas or topics the film was. It's also difficult to then accept a very convenient happy ending. Yeah, just slap that on. That'll do. And it's it's yeah. weird because like. So these aliens, they're like Mary and Joseph. They just come, have their immaculate conception, <laughs> and then piss. Like these it aliens, is not an immaculate conception. Like you are, you are quite. They aware did have. That they, they did have sex with lots had of things. Sex in that shack while everyone in the building watched. Yeah, and possibly taped it. And there was also a toaster involved. It was gross. Um, <laughs> but like the, the the aliens came. They befriended some people in an apartment, oh, gave, gave birth... arrived. Sorry? <laughs> I thought we were still talking about that scene. Yeah, me too. No, no, like, but it's generally, <laughs> the, the, as an alien encounter movie, spaceship aliens came down. 
They came. They stole a bunch of electricity and scrap. Had a, had children, briefly made friends and helped rebuild the building, having brought lots of other aliens, you know, to help out, and then fucked off again. Like, is this the most interesting part of the story? What happened? Like, can't we know about these aliens, <laughs> flying saucer dudes? What's this? Can't have been the best bit of the tale to tell. So it's all weirdly unremarkable. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go to the effort of creating models for robots and green screening a load of effects and animating fuck knows what, it, I mean, just to tell this piss story about a building gets remade afterwards, it's not. Who gives a shit? I don't know. That's just me. Maybe. It's a very. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say when the film ends, it kind of feels like nothing has happened. That was my impression. As soon as the title started coming up, I was like, and. I have no conclusions because nothing yeah. happened. Like, it, yeah, it just ends with, oh. Hmm. Sure. Do okay. we, can we buy the toys in Toys R Us or <laughs> anything? Yeah, actually surprised there weren't any toys. I mean, you could, I mean, there are drones now that are basically these robots. That's exactly, yeah. Now it would just be explained with, oh, there's just when someone's dicking around. Someone's filming us. Let's take the axe to it straight away. I'm sure technology is close enough that they can almost have sex too. Well, the alien, the, sorry, the aliens basically look like like turn of the century spinning top toys that children played with during World War One. Like do you know those things, they kind of yeah, sp- they just press the top and they spin. Wow, yep. it's basically that technology, isn't it? It would be cute if they reached some kind of anniversary and they actually brought out drones that look like them. Oh my god, that's a marketing idea. I mean, if this film was popular, that would work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's the stumbling block. Maybe it was drones all along. It was just some kid, some some young Einstein was like invented these things. Oh no, that doesn't make sense. No, because um, real life drones, especially cheap ones, make horrible, annoying noises, and these aren't noisy enough. They're not like me. <laughs> They were kind of annoying. They smashed the fuck out of everything, and luckily they repaired it, but still. They made burgers, though. Greasy, heart-clogging burgers. Um, I'm hungry. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's wrap up our thoughts with a nice metaphor, guys. And uh, call it a day, yeah? Yeah. So, uh, Anthony, have you got anything? Have you been mulling over, or have you just been coughing off mic? <laughs> <laughs> There has been a lot of coughing. Um, uh, <laughs> um, we can come back if you want some time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything yet. So, uh, Abby, it's your film pick. Do you have a metaphor for how you feel about it? It's a bit like when you find out that inside R two D two is just a little man. Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I think that explains uh, it all. Yeah, it does not. I don't think you need to elaborate on that one. Just like it oh. makes me think of uh, it makes me think of that episode of Black Books with Nick Frost. There was a little man in his hair because he has a little beauty old player in his hair for some reason. Well, this man in my hair is getting very upset. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a pay rise because he's getting sick of shoving this can along for George Lucas. Ah. Uh. Okay, Abby, do you, I mean, do you want to elaborate on that, or...? But no, like you said, it's just... It, it's just existentially correct. 
I said it and you were like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> as a child, it was whimsical and lovely, and then as an adult, oh. A poor man. <laughs> poor, those poor people. <laughs> poor old people being exploited. Um, sort of. Uh, okay. Uh, JB? Um, it's kind of like, I had a lot of, um, when I was a, like a little kid, I had a lot of, uh, action figures and it's kind of like the bits that you get, that you like accumulate with action figures that you never actually like play with when you're a kid, like various accessories and things that they come with or, uh, you know, a thing that you can put them in, like the Ghostbusters house or whatever. Like all this, all these just, just stuff. And all you really care about is like the, the likeness of the character, like the action figure itself. And then there's all these peripherals that are just kind of are there and make a mess. Sure. The film is interesting just because knowing someone like Brad Bird worked on it and then knowing the work he went on to do, you can see like the like the seeds of all of that stuff. You can see the ingredients of what would become his career later on. Hmm. But um it's just it was just kinda tedious. <laughs> it didn't really like And it it's it's hard because it's not a bad film like it's not like the some of the shit that we it's not the fucking yeah, avengers no, no. it's got it's got a heart and it's it's sort of nice yeah. in a way it's it's got and, it's got some like a lot of the the dialogue is sort of a little bit witty at times everyone in it is good i do we have, we didn't talk very, very much about the actors who play frank and Faye, but it whenever i found out that they had been married since the 40s by the time this film came out I was like, yeah, it, you can you can tell. tell in their performance that they are like an actual married couple, and it does help. Even though the stuff that they put in this film is a little bit too heavy for the film, it does help give it that weight. Like yeah. I, I just I feel like this was like it's a it's a short story concept stretched out too long, and it needed like I don't but like the script to be like maybe go through a couple of more drafts or something just to tighten things up because it just sort of flops around a lot and i it was it's one of those films that like i was you know i was watching it and i'd have to pause it to get up and go and pee and see how much time is left and be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah okay but it's, it has the same, you have the same disappointing feeling of like, oh, it's the leg of Apocalypse. I've been collecting the X-Men characters and in each box, the leg, arm, torso, or head of Apocalypse is in there, and you've only got one leg and arm and a bit of the staging he's supposed to stand on. So there's uh, fuck all you can you do with have, it. You have to buy some of the shit ones just to complete that. To complete the one big piece baddie or whatever it is. I guess I have to get that version of Wolverine where he's in his original weird orange and yellow and brown <laughs> outfit. Yeah. Oh, I have to get, what's her name? Fucking, the one who just has a name. Jean Grey, or is that her name? Yes. Oh, Jean, <laughs> yeah. Jean Grey. What's her she's power? Also... She's dumb. That's what her power is. She's fucking psychic. Yeah, that's dumb. we got a psychic. He's in a wheelchair. Much cooler. Yeah, but she's a powerful... She's Dark Phoenix. Yeah, but that's... that's you, don't, you don't buy Dark Phoenix, you buy Jean Grey. Yeah. 
Oh, he's Cyclops' no, girlfriend. She's dull. Dull. Yeah, dull. Yeah. Dull. Cyclops, got... yeah, you, you, you'd have to be to be Cyclops' girlfriend. Is it Rogue who can't touch anyone as a power? What a great power. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep it curt with mine. Um, like the builders coming in and buying a burger in a diner. It's like the scene where one of the little robots has got trapped in the burger and is about to be eaten, and uh, then he, you know, I think he just jumps out out of the way, and then the builders like, oh, let's fucking have your burger. Can't steal my burger. But it's like yeah. it's like getting an al- a woman with Alzheimer's has prepared you a burger, and inside is like her alarm clock, and you've bitten in. <laughs> And you go, oh god, oh god, this makes what's this makes no sense. Why is this? Ah, oh. it's like, like it's like there's a little robot in my burger. The burger'd be fine if there wasn't this robot, or the robot would be fine <laughs> if there wasn't this burger. But together, <laughs> together, I don't know what the fuck we got. So it's a, a bit of a hot mess of fun like sci-fi for kids, but also piss weak like melodrama about about old yeah. people. So also the burger has to be evicted. <laughs> the robot is now the robot is now stillborn. It's horrible. <laughs> I the burger was stillborn. Yes, I don't know. Oh god, don't say that. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> my grim burger metaphor aside, um, uh, that leaves you, Anthony. I also have a burger metaphor. We're all so, just getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> For me, at least, this is like um, having your grand make you a burger. Specifically your grand. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, I don't know if it, if this was true with anyone else, but when you, like, when you were a kid and you asked for a burger, um, you literally just got a burger. It, you didn't have the bun, you didn't have any cheese. <laughs> Is it, um, isn't, there, isn't there, like, an Eddie Murphy bit about just... getting a big pink patty <laughs> that's horrible, and no, all no, you no, really want is... About... Mac- no, I, you as a kid you want McDonald's and your mother can make you like a fucking magnificent burger at home, but you're an idiot kid and you want McDonald's. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, go on. Your your, your nan's making yeah. a burger, and it's just a burger. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else had that kind of thing. It's like you, I know what you, you mean. Like, like, like like Jamie said, like you you fancied a burger, you wanted something like a McDonald's, so you asked for that, and what you got was literally just. A burger on a plate, it, maybe. They're with not some understanding chips. the concept of what a burger is post nineteen eighty two. You want to have a happy meal for the toy, and instead you're getting fucking liver and onion patty madness. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like, and then it's like, well, it's it's not what I was expecting. But it's still, like, your grand's made a nice meal, and it's nice, and now it's kind of like, oh, I kind of miss my nan's burgers. Yeah, now I'd fucking happily sit down to a nice burger without a bun and chips. <laughs> like, it's fine. Mm. Mm. Big wedge so sharp cheddar cheese on it instead of a, a <laughs> slight yeah. of, like, fake cheese. Yeah. Right, so we're all going to go and find our nanas to make us burgers if they're still alive. I'm going to make a fucking burger. That's where I'm going. Yeah, um, probably leave Str- the robot parts out, though. Strangely enough, I was reminiscing about the burger van that was outside of my university this week. Oh, my God. You must have had some fat colleagues in school. <laughs> <laughs> we had an ice cream van that sold only sweets and crisps. Oh. 
<laughs> but you know, you, there's an ice cream van that came. Is that right, Anthony? Like the ice cream van would come, and you couldn't buy ice cream. No, 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 no. That would be too straightforward. It has to be like dolphin jelly sweets or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know we had a it. we had a video rental van that turned up in our street. What the fuck are you gonna do in school with a VHS of fucking Free Willy? Or not whatever? in our, not in school. My rent. Oh, right. Home. Street. I that did explain I, so much about you, Jamie. I know. I did eat a lot of VHS tapes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like in the nineties, every business was out of a van, like libraries and video shops and food places. Like just everyone just drove around in vans selling things. No, not so. The bread vans here. The milk vans here. The egg vans here. You know, <laughs> the fuck. The bread van. The Jesus. medicine van. The the pharmacy van is here. Just everything. Now it's all just said by some twat courier without a light. Uh, anyway, getting sidetracked. Um, anyway, is that everyone? Are we done? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to stay on track with this one because nothing happens. Uh, <laughs> right, let's all go for that burger then, guys. Uh, admittedly, all separately, but still, let's go. Yay! Bye. Bye. Bye.